I feel like I'm the superhero for taxes. It's honestly my purpose. I feel like I could picture you with a Superman cape that says Dude Loves Taxes on the there back. There we go. Reading the tax code. What's up, everybody? I'm Janelle Espinal, and welcome to Financially Inclined from Marketplace. We're sharing money lessons for living life your own way. Now, we're getting into a big topic this week, taxes. You've probably heard people mention the IRS, which stands for Internal Revenue Service. That's the government department that collects our taxes, meaning you got to pay them. And there's many different kinds of taxes out there, like sales tax, property tax, capital gains tax. But today we're just focusing on income tax. Now, we know tax professionals can usually seem stiff and serious, but not today's guest, Duke Moore. He's got energy for days. And as you're about to find out, he really loves taxes. His viral TikTok and Instagram brand is literally called Duke Loves Taxes. I just found Warren Buffett's first tax return, and this man has been writing stuff off since the dinosaur age. Well, technically only since like 1944, but y'all get it. Let's get into this return. My name is Duke, and I make taxes very easy to understand. Give me a phone to stay educated. Duke started filing taxes himself way back in high school, and now he's self-employed with a business that helps creative professionals figure out their taxes. So he's the perfect person to break down tax basics for us. So let's get into it. Can you tell us a little bit about income taxes, like kind of define that for us and like why we have to pay that? Yes. So when you have a job, you have something called income taxes. The purpose of these taxes are to fund things in our state that we typically don't pay for directly. When the police and firefighters come, they don't send us a bill. Like when you go to the library, you don't pay anything, right? You're already funded it and it's contributed to everyone. So this thing, you're giving back. You're funding, like you're helping with schools. You're helping with hospitals. That is so important to understand. I'm going to tell you the truth. I didn't know that. No. And I, when I started working maybe like 14, 15 years old, I remember I had a part-time job. By the end of the year, I saw some tax forms, but I was like, I only made like a thousand eight hundred dollars like for the whole year what would you say to somebody who feels like they didn't really make much money anyway so it's not worth it to file their taxes when in doubt just file you could be having a w-2 job and they're still withholding taxes from your check so you'll probably do some type of refund and it could be a couple hundred bucks that you you can use to go to the movies you can use to gas and go get some cane some water burger do what you want it's your money you just overpaid that makes a lot of sense. Now, I'm not going to lie. You brought up some terminology, some text vocab that, yeah. you know, for some people, it might, it might be new or even just a little confusing. So let's take some of those and like break it down. I'm let's thinking do like W4 and W2. Let's start with those. Okay. So when you first given a job, you get a W4. So your employer is going to give it to you and then you fill it out and you give it back. So the purpose of a W4 is to let your employer know how much taxes you want withheld from each paycheck. Pretty straightforward. Just your name. If you have any kids, dependents, sign, you are done. Then at the end of the year, you get a W-2. They're going to tell up all the money that you made. They're going to tally up all the money that they withhold. And then they're going to summarize it. It's very similar to you get a report card at the end of the year. Mm. It's like a report card. And they're going to like, here you get, here's your total salary. Here's your total withholdings. And they're going to be like, here you go. So we have a W-2. We take that to prepare our tax return, our personal tax return, which is called Form 1040. 
And it's essentially just a copy and paste. You copy what your employer reported and then you paste it on your tax return. Based off your income, you should owe this much in taxes. So let's say it's like, okay, it's $12 in taxes that you owe. But your employer withheld $14. They accidentally withheld too much. You only are liable for 12 but your employer withheld 14 This is when you have a refund of $2. You accidentally withheld too much. Everyone who files a tax return gets an automatic write-off. Everyone. It's called the standard deduction. Essentially, what standard deduction means is the portion of your income that's not going to be subject to any sort of tax. Let's say the standard deduction is $13,850, but you make $20,000. Of that $20,000, $13,850 is not subject to tax. So that's essentially what a standard deduction is. Okay, so now let's say it's time to file the taxes. Where do I now go to file my taxes? There's a lot of like good like online programs, especially if you're just getting started. That's probably what I re- would recommend. You can also prepare your taxes on your own. I don't recommend manually doing like with a paper and pen, like printing it out. Like that's crazy. But there are plenty of online softwares where you can do it, such as Free Tax USA. A lot of times you'll get charged to file taxes when you do it online through software or something like that. But there's other times where it's like file for free. So can you talk about like, how do you know if you have to pay or if you can actually file your taxes for free based on, you know, how much you make or what you do uh, and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So TurboTax was recently in very hot water for that. So we're saying free, free, free. And now they had this large settlement where they got to pay people back and they actually have to end that campaign. So they're no longer allowed to say free, free, free because they were misleading. So I'll tell you how it, like it, how it actually is. So anyone who makes, I believe, around $70,000, they have the ability to file their taxes for free. And this is why I would always recommend like something like Free Tax USA. I do brand deals with them because they're very transparent with their pricing. It's truly free. So that's how you kind of know. It can feel scary. So how do you know which choice is best for you? What are some criteria or some pros and cons to doing it online using some popular software or going with a professional? If you're the type of person like I got too much going on, I'm going to have someone else do it. That's that's one of the first things. The second thing is like, can I afford it? What What is my income and what is my expense? If you are preparing the tax return on your own and like it's pretty straightforward, like the software is doing a very good job of guiding you, you're fine. I would say if you're filing online, first reach out to the support. Sometimes they have excellent support and they can help you out as well. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Now, there's two things I want to talk about in terms of like, if you're making under 10000 if you're making three, dollars $4,000 as a teenager, just because let's say you worked at a summer camp or you took a summer job. And so because of that, you might think it's not a big deal to file. But now based on what you said, that might change their mind. And they might say, oh, if I do file, maybe I will get some type of refund. But there's sometimes there are families that will then say, no, baby, I don't want you to file because if you file, you're going to hurt my taxes. You're going to, I won't be able to claim you as a dependent if you go ahead and file. So just don't file, let mom and dad do it. What would you say if you heard about somebody going through that situation? 100%. So you, your baby, let your baby file a tax so they can file their taxes, (laughs) but let them file their taxes to get their little money. But the thing is the, here's what happens. And this, ooh, this is, this is so important. If your child is filing their own taxes, there's only one box that they need to select. And it's forever miss. Hmm. It's called, can you be claimed as a dependent on someone else's tax return? And they need the marked out box, yes. If they do not, you can't claim them. You can't claim them. You try to file your tax return, it's going to get rejected. Failure to select this box is what you are afraid of, not being able to claim them. 
But if you just make sure that they select this box that you can be claimed as a dependent, all your fear is gone. You can still claim them. They can still file their taxes and they can still get their refund. If you really want to avoid it, just let your parents file their taxes first and then you file yours afterwards. But still make sure you claim that box. Okay, cool. So we've been talking about W-2 a lot, W-4, a lot of uh, the types of papers that you get when you are working part-time or like full-time for an employer. But let's be real, a lot more entrepreneurial youth exist today versus 10, 20 years ago. They might work for Uber Eats. They might do DoorDash and they might make their own money just by doing this type of like gig economy type of work. So what would it look like for them since they're not necessarily working for an employer full-time or part-time in that way? Great question. So at the end of the year, they're going to get a form called a 1099 NE. E-C. N-E-C stands for non-employee compensation. It means like you got paid from a business, not as an employee, not as a W-2 employee. Employees get W-2s. Contractors get 1099 N-E-Cs. The difference between a 1099 N-E-C and a W-2 is W-2 is going to withhold taxes for you. The thing with the 1099 NEC is no taxes are withheld. So a lot of people get hit with this big, big, big surprise tax bill. They're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. So like, I know it's maybe not be the best thing having money taken from your check as a W-2 employee. But the good thing about it is at the end of the year, it's already been done for you. As a contractor, they don't care. They're like, you got this on your own. You're going to file and pay your own taxes. So as that type of profession... Typically, you're required to file something called quarterly taxes, which means like you have to make a quarterly payment every three months. But a good rule of thumb, if you decide to be a small business owner, which I'm going to encourage, if you decide to venture out as an entrepreneur, which I'm going to encourage, if you even want to be DoorDash, let's do it. The thing is, when this money hits your bank account, just be prepared for taxes. Set at least 30% aside to taxes. That's the golden rule when you get started. So if $1,000 hits your bank account, let's set $300 aside, which is 30% for taxes. And then the, let's live off the rest. But 30% is that golden rule to avoid that surprise at the end of the year. Oof. So the good news about being a 1099, which you get write-offs. So first we look at the total income that you have. Then we look mm-hmm. at your, your write-off. What expenses that did you incur to produce this type of income? Income minus your expenses to produce that income will leave you with your net income. That's what we're focused on. So let's say we have $1,000 in income. $500 write-offs. Now our net income is $500. Now we're subject to it. We didn't pay that throughout the year. On social media, I've seen a lot of funny stuff about write-offs. Like, you could write this off. You could write that off. When you, you have a small business, you could write everything off. And it's like, come on now. You can't just write off everything. So can you tell us what exactly is, like, what does write-off mean and what actually counts as a write-off and what doesn't? First of all, a write-off is not a dollar-to-dollar savings. So let's say you spend $100 on something it does not help you save $100 in taxes. Write-offs are more like a coupon code, right? You still have to purchase it, but you get savings. To figure out what your coupon code and your discount amount is for a thing that you purchase that is considered a write-off is that you look at your federal tax bracket, your tax rate. This is the easy way to do it. So if you're in the 10% tax bracket, that means for every dollar that you spend, you're going to save 10 cents or 10%. So if you spend $100, you're going to see your true savings is $10. That's the first myth that we have to debunk is that it's not a dollar to dollar. It's more like a coupon code. 
once we understand how they actually work, now what qualifies something as a write-off? So, and first, to have a write-off, the IRS says that you must have a business. A business is any activity that you are engaged in to make a profit and you perform this activity on a continuous and regular basis. Let's say if I go home, I play my PlayStation. And now let's say I'm playing video games online. Boom, 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 boom. But let's say I start streaming. And the purpose of me streaming is for me to produce content. Now mm-hmm. my hobby is no longer a hobby. It's, it's a business as long as I'm actively engaging right. in it to make a profit. So you can always turn hobbies into businesses. That's the easiest way to start a business. Take your hobby and figure out how to monetize it. Now we have to see, okay, what exactly is a write-off? A write-off is anything that's both ordinary and necessary that you purchase for your business. The, the thing that you purchase, does it help you make more money at the end of the day? Does it help you make more money in your business? Does it help you save time? But the definition is ordinary and necessary. And I would just hate to say that on the show and leave that I like that because that's such a great area. It's like, yeah. is it both ordinary and necessary? That's great. Does it help you make more money? Does it help you save time? And is it specifically related to the business or your activity? Mm. It's very broad. There are different write-offs for different industries like a like it would make sense for someone who is a mowing lawns to buy a lawnmower okay that mm-hmm. that's right off for example if i'm streaming if i'm playing my playstation now let's say i want to hop on twitch and start making money oh i may need a, a mouse pad i may need a deck where i can switch screens i may need to buy a camera i need to be buy a cord i don't need a lawnmower so that's when it's like okay bro like what's up with the lawnmower though like, how does that pertain to your industry? So as long as it pertains to your industry and what you're doing to help you make more money, that's essentially what a write-off is. Got it. I mean, you can buy the lawnmower. You just can't you can buy write it. it off. You can't write it off. Because you specifically work with so many creatives and influencers and different types of small business owners, I'm sure that, you know, the taxes kind of get a little bit complicated. What would you suggest for somebody who's maybe just getting started earning income and they know they're going to get 1099 instead of the W-2? Yeah. So if you're just getting started, the most important thing, you have to have bookkeeping. You have to be, you have to be tracking your income and your expenses. So you want to be tracking the money that's coming in and the money that's coming out. The easiest way to do this is to get a separate bank account. Consider opening a, a business account. Separate your finances. So even if you get a separate personal bank account and then you will have all your 1099 income coming to that bank account. And then you would have all your expenses come out of that bank account. You can have a journal entry, you can have an Excel spreadsheet, or just have a separate bank account. That makes a lot of sense. Like, it's just going to make your life easier. <laughs> and what would you say to a teenager who maybe, for the first time ever, got a W-2? I would say I was scared, too. I'm not going to lie. I was there, too. Everyone who's ever filed a tax return, we've all been where you're at. Your parents have been where you're at. Your best friend, your uncle. Do some research. Work with the tax professional. Use a great software. But it's going to get easier. I was nervous my first time too. Just do not follow behind and understand that everyone has filed a tax return for their first time before. And they're okay. Mm-hmm. Look at them. They're still alive. They're good. They're living, you know? Right. I'm alive. Yeah. We all alive. There we go. <laughs> so we don't need it. All right. You heard Duke. At some point, everyone's had to file taxes for the first time. So don't stress too much about being new to the world of taxes. You should keep in mind that each year tax rules can change and new tax laws are passed all the time. For example, Duke mentioned the standard deduction is $13,850 for single filers in 2023. 
But for the 2024 tax year, that'll be different. So that's why it's so important to stay up to date with all this stuff. And even more important that you feel confident about the parts of the process that tend to stay the same over time. One of my biggest takeaways from talking to Duke was that the biggest part of figuring out taxes and learning how to file them, it just comes down to knowing the vocab. So this week, take some time to review some key tax vocabulary that Duke shared with us. You know, stuff like W-4 and W-2 forms versus a 1099 form and the standard deduction. That way, it won't be completely new to you when you file taxes for the first time. All right, you've got this. See you next time. Financially Inclined is brought to you by Marketplace from American Public Media in collaboration with NextGen Personal Finance. I'm your host, Janely Espinal. Our senior producers are Haley Hirschman and Zoe Saunders. Our video editor is Francesca Manto, and our graphics artist is Mallory Brangan. Our producers are Hannah Harris-Green and Haley Hirschman. Gary O'Keefe is our sound engineer. Our intern is H. Conley. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. Francesca Levy is the executive director. Neil Scarborough is the VP and general manager of Marketplace. Our theme music is by Wonderly. Financially Inclined is funded in part by the Cy Sims Foundation, partnering with organizations and people working for a better and more just future since 1985. And special thanks to the Ramzetta Family Charitable Fund and NextGen Personal Finance for continuing to support Marketplace in its work to make younger audiences smarter about the economy. 